Hello? Hi, is this Blake? This is Blake. Hey, this is Brianna. How are you? Hello, Brianna. I'm doing well. Glad you got a second to chat with me. I was kind of like not really sure. <laughs> I'm like, you know, okay. Yeah, you know, like when I had so like when I had that barrel race the other day, like so we had, um, and I don't know how familiar you are or where you're located, so you may not even see half the stuff that goes on my stuff. But um, but so like when I had, we had the best and we called it the best and so we had 415 something entries at Hamilton. Good lord. Um, and then that was the week before Christmas, but then, you know, Christmas rolled around. But then, literally on that day of that, on that race on Thursday, we were like, "Hey, why don't we come back next week and do it again?" And and then <laughs> and so the day that um, I can't imagine pretty, what you deal I'm with. Pretty on, I'm pretty on. I'm pretty spot on on answering because it's my nature. But um, yeah. Um, well, I was going to say, I mean, if you run barrel races, you have to be, I mean, barrel racers are a whole other different breed. <laughs> well, it's an entire different language. And yes. uh, even within even within the barrel racing um, industry itself, there's a whole other language depending on where you live. Um, yes. you know, and even in Texas, you know, there's, you know, four different states in Texas. And so... Huh? Um, you know, like Texas, it's really, you know, a whole bunch of states put into one, you know, depending on what part of Texas you're in, you uh-huh. know, the, the the culture is different, the people are different, the energy, the dynamics, the, so, everything. hold different. on a second. Where are you at? Like, because I'm in North, I do not know anything. Let me go ahead and preface this. I don't know crap about, like, barrel racing in Texas or anything as mm. far as as tight-knit as you guys are over there? Because I'm assuming it probably is a tight-knit circuit, like what you guys run what, and stuff. Well, it, it, I mean, well, let's, I mean, define tight-knit, so there's that. But, um, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a large, large group of folks, um, large community of right. people, you know, um, and it's different. Well, than, tight-knit as in – Everybody knows everybody. I didn't mean tight knit like small. Yeah, I mean, tight-knit well, I mean, actually, I mean, actually, technically, I mean, it's so big, and you know, just like I said, like you know, the Houston barrel, you know, the folks that live down in Houston, you know, or uh-huh. or even Northeast Texas, you know, the Texarkana area, you know, the you know the the Piney Woods, and you know, and then the West Texas gals, and then the North Texas and the South. I mean, they're, I mean, you you can go an entire lifetime not knowing you know, some of those folks and who, are, you know, who they are. And, but right around here in Texas, um, where I'm at in the Stephenville area, you know, it is, I mean, it's a hot spot, you know, it is yeah. a prime hot spot, not just for barrel racing, but for, for the cutting world, for the rodeo world, ropers, yeah. you know, everybody, you know, it's just where folks go, you know. And, and are your races that close together or do you, do you normally do them at the spur of the moment like that or do you, as far as your series goes, because you have one series that you pretty much handle, right? Yeah, I mean, I have a, a an annual race that I do each year. You know, um, uh-huh. we're going on four years on that. I call it the Money and Beaches okay. race, and um, and it's it's a weird a reasons why it's called Money and Beaches, but um, well, hold uh, on, you can't say that and not tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean it's. It it really is. It's, it's just quite silly. I mean, it's just really silly. Um, to be honest with you, 
Um, when I first well, don't feel bad because I just talked I, to a girl that sent me a logo that says Panty Raid Race for some jackets, oh. and I'm like, hold on, <laughs> you gotta talk, tell I me mean, what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, we just come up with some weird names for races. You know, like the whole Best in Snow. That was the race that we had at Hamilton on, you know, the Thursday before uh-huh. Christmas, and we're like, we're talking a minute ago, Kellyanne McPherson and I. Um, she owns Busy Bee Productions, but she. And I were talking about, okay, what are we going to name our April race? And I was like, well, why not just call it the Buckle Bunny? I don't know, because it's, East, you know, <laughs> Easter and, you know, da-da-da. But, um, yeah, but we just, but the Money and Beaches came out, I mean, that came along when, you know, I had never personally produced a race myself um, <laughs> until I did that one um, um, on an individual level, you know, level. But, um I said, what, what are we going to call this thing? And so I did a little contest on Facebook and I was like, okay, you know, best guess wins, you know, the, you know, the best name for the race will, will win a free entry. And so it's just, you know, why are we going? We're going to, to win money. And what are we wanting money for? Because it's, you know, it's in May. And so we're entering summer. So we want to have beach money and it's just money and beaches. And so, I mean, it's, it's silly. There you go. Simple. Silly and simple, and that sometimes that's the best way to go about life. Keep it simple. You know what? You are absolutely right. Now, is it easier to put put on a race of your, you know, the size that you guys put them on? Because around here, a good size race around here is anywhere from probably a couple hundred entries would be considered something. Where's where's that at? North Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolina. Okay. Okay. Well, Georgia could probably be a lot bigger. Could right. Georgia could probably get up to about four hundred, but. A couple yeah. hundred is considered a good size race over here. I mean, I did notice, you know, last year I went to Florida to um, – I, I went several times to Florida um, to different spots. Um, uh-huh. And I went to, you know, Florabama and then um, Tampa um, and then um, – oh, where I don't know where I went. Um, but um, I always noticed that there were a lot of folks there, you know, that were from other states, you know, whether it be Georgia yeah. or, you know, Carolina. Or, um, and, you know, they a big race to them, you know. I mean, Florida has, you know, quite a few barrel racers, though. You know, we had, three, I think, 300-something each day, and, and that was big, yeah. but a lot of them pulled from other states, you know. And, well, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's not uncommon at all. It is not uncommon. Just like I said, you know, when we had the Thursday night race two weeks ago at Hamilton, you know, the Thursday before Christmas, it we had four hundred and I think four hundred and fifteen ish barrel racers and they're all I mean, within two hour distance, you know, from there. And so and that's on that a week is night, a lot right different. before Christmas. Yeah. That, yeah, that's and a it, lot different. Like four hundred people in that density of that area versus four hundred people pulling from four or five different states. I mean that's what I mean. Like, it is pretty tight-knit as far as the each race yeah. and where it's at over there. Like, you guys. And I have to do a lot of planning when I when uh, I think the biggest part of the planning process is is picking the actual date, the actual calendar date, because, you know, that's, that's really going to be the difference in having 85 entries and 400 entries, you know. A lot of times, you know, regardless of the bells and whistles that you bring to the table for the actual race, you know, whether it be, you know, a whole bunch of added money or no added money at all, really it depends on what else is going on, um, what else is coming up, yeah. things like that, you know. Well, you've um, got to be able to get along with other producers really well. I mean, you've got to be able to – because I saw 
especially in like the heat of COVID online, um, uh -huh. people were starting to get a little heated about people scheduling on top of people. And I get it because it's like, you know, you think you're trying to take something from somebody, but you're actually losing yourself and them. You know, because oh, you're yeah. forcing people and, to have to try to pick. And it's like. And a lot of people, you know, I mean, in you know, I always like to use the term, like, you know, the saying, like, in good faith. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like, in good faith, I will, you know, do the best I can to make sure that I'm not jumping on anyone else's, you know, parade within a three-hour, you know, when, you know, three-hour radius or whatever, you know, right. and, 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 and do the best I can, you know. But, but there's always going to be that race or that producer that, you know, doesn't see the right post at the right time when they log on to Facebook yeah. or whatever it may be. And so they might, you know, miss something. And so they schedule a race not knowing in good faith that there was something else, you know. So there's always that. And, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, and, and it takes, it takes a lot of, a lot of work um, mentally, yeah. emotionally, spiritually, everything um, to juggle, like, continuously you know everybody you know wants to be just like everybody wants to be a barrel racer you know everybody wants to be a producer you know not everybody uh, but yeah. you know what i mean and so yeah it, 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 um it once they do it a few times they realize that it, it's a lot more work to, to juggle than they than they brought than they thought which of. blows my mind that people don't realize this about anything with life because it's like mm -hmm. i think social media make kind of finesses thing, all of it, not just fair racing, but life in general, it'll finesse certain things and people see it, they're like, oh, okay, well, I can do that. Then they find out real quick. It's not as well, easy as it I think it really takes the, um, the, the type of person that, you know, and I'm not really the, I think it, you, you really got to know who your people are, who help you put on the races and, and know whose role is what, you know, and make sure that everybody is in the correct place. You know, whether it be in the office, whether it be behind the mic, or maybe it's in the alley, you know, running the back gates, you know. Um, I am not the right person to be the gate person at a barrel race. I am not that person. I, you know, um, um, I'm just not. Why? And, what is well, it? Is it's, you know, it, it can get a little feisty back there, you know. Yeah. And um, and I I'm, I'm kind of like that. I'm, I got that counselor brain where, where. If I have to be ugly, I, I, I can be, but it really takes a toll on me emotionally to be ugly to somebody. Um, yeah. And I don't like to be that person, so I'm not really good in the office either, you know. Um, I'm really, really good behind the mic, though. I mean, um, I don't mean like professionally. I'm not a professional announcer or nothing, but, I mean, I'm you know, behind the mic is where I, believe, you know, belong as far as yeah. that goes. Um, and so – there's that and making sure that everyone's in their in their appropriate place because I mean dealing with barrel racers it brings out the best in people and it brings out the absolute worst in people you know and it's just like everybody else you know you know whether it be the car in front of you at the red light or maybe it's the girl in front of you at the grocery store I mean it's or the one behind you in the grocery store needing to get home you know and it's it brings out the worst in you and, and it's like you know no if we could just wear a shirt that just says, I'm going through a rough day or I'm, you know, you know, my <laughs> wife just left me or, you know, my kids hate me or whatever it may be. And, and and then the world just knows, you know, what they're dealing with before they deal with that person. I think that it would be a whole lot better place. And so sometimes, you know, 
we lose well, sight of that at a barrel race. It, you know, I, you you're absolutely right. Well, that's anything. That's just like with talking to you. You know, because I was like. You know, is this person ignoring me, or should I like should I, <laughs> did I just him? get ghosted? I mean, it's always did... a weird area. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was talking to someone the other day about um, what was it was it was um, oh we were just we were just me Kelly in and I were talking about sponsorships. It wasn't anything specific, but um, she was like, "Well, you call so and so," and I was like, "Oh man, I don't I don't know. They they never picked up." But I was like, "Oh well, I'll just call them because I'm I'm used to rejection. It's fine." Um, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> that is the root of it, though. You're like, you know what? I'm not getting rejected today. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> no, no rejection policy on this day, and that's. I mean, it's hard. I mean, yeah. Um, and that's the that's one of the biggest struggles with with actually putting on, you know, an annual race when, you know, you kind of feel the pressure of of society when, you know, like okay, I can't just put on a, I can't just have this annual race this year. Just be oh, you know, a, just a regular old, you know, podunk, you know, barrel race, you know. I've got to have things attached to it. I've got to have, you know, this much added money or I've got to, you know, bring something to the table that's different, you know, and it's that, that pressure that society doesn't actually put on you, but yeah. in your own mind it does. Yeah. Does that make sense? And so oh yeah, we feel that people put pressure on us when they really don't at all. Um, it's just all in our heads, and so um, it's 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 a whole thing um, with that. No, I mean you're touching on something pretty deep because you are absolutely right. I mean, like if you kind of iron out certain things that you go through on a daily basis, just like with life, like you're talking about, you know. Well, and um, the yeah, we do it to ourselves. We really do. Like some of the things yeah. that we, which I think can be a good thing. It can be mm-hmm. a good thing because you it's to have somebody that actually cares enough. Yeah, like I have like with sponsors, that's where I was going with that was you know, the sponsorships are you know, I mean you'll call somebody and and most of the time, I mean, and it's no one specific, you know, you know, the larger the entity, you know, the fewer callbacks you might get, you know. Big corporations never call the little guy back, you know, rarely do they. Um, a few times they have, um, but I mean, for the most part, that's always a rejection. It feels like, you know, and then just asking people and then expecting a response back, you know, it's and always scary. Sometimes you know, not getting that response. Yeah, sometimes not getting that response back. You know, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, a lot like you, and, and like I would rather them just say, you know, hey, bro, not gonna happen this year. Yeah, I'm tapped out. Um, instead of just ignoring, you know, somebody yeah. is, um, but that's what we get a lot of times with the sponsorship, you know, and with the rejection part, you know, but I'm so lucky, like, to, I really, really do a, a, a hard job each year cherry picking, not necessarily, like, I don't turn down people, that's not what I'm saying, I mean, really cherry picking who I really want, you know, in my heart to be, you know, to go and ask if they'd like to be part of, you know, like I got a really good um, sponsor this year, you know, for the race, you know, um, 4M Equine came on board, you know, with, with no hesitation. They really want to be part of the industry. And Kylie Scribner is a great human being. And she work, you know, works hard. Great. Um, and she's well, part of 4M that. Equine. You want to be what you want it to be kind of what you want it to be a good relationship that's how i've always looked at it and yeah 
And, you know, another, you know, like Ryan Padone, um, um, our barrel races, um, our barrel horses, she's a phenomenal, phenomenal human being, not just a trainer and, you know, horse owner and breeder, but she's just a phenomenal human being, you know, on the human level. And, and she just wants to make the industry better. And so, you know, folks like her and, you know, Laura Schumann, you know, the owner of, you know, Happy Animals and, um, she's just wanting to make the industry better and she's got great products and she's, you know, has great horses and, you know, Happy Animals is, is a great, you know, great, you know, product to, to mm-hmm. really endorse. And I'm proud of that. And I've got, I've got great sponsors, you know, Dee Dee Jordan, realtor, great sponsor and Tammy Rokas as well. And, um, I tell you one thing, I talked to a guy last uh, two days or well, two nights ago, um, the owner of Provision Probiotics, um, his name mm-hmm. is Joe, and the nicest human being I've, one of the nicest folks I've ever met, you know. And then um, another guy I met, you know, the the owner of Elite Coatings, you know, they you know they coat the floors and the, of the trailers and the barns and stalls and da da da, you know, for for different things. And they were great. And so I just I've had this past week or two, I've had great people circling around me it's like the energy around me has just been positive and rewarding and and that sometimes isn't the case you know um you don't always see that um oh yeah i think we've Um, all seen both sides of it oh gosh yes oh man i mean it's nice like it's nice to I don't want to say blow smoke, but because some people are really good. I like I can hear I can hear the genuineness, and when you talk about some people, and I feel that way about certain people I work with. I'm like, you know, I love these people. Like I will go to war for these people. But right. we have all also met some people that just and take grace out of it. Take okay, here's your first chance. Oh, okay, well here's your second chance. Oh, okay, well here's your third, fourth, and fifth. No, <laughs> you got yeah. to stay over there. This is not working. Like. Right. I mean, I think uh, a friend I had just got off the phone with her right before I called or right before you called me, um, Jamie mm-hmm. Wilson, who is she really does a great job at reeling me back in sometimes, you know, in my own, whether it be my face or my, my attitude. Um, she reels me back in and, and grounds me and keeps me grounded. Tammy Rokas does that same thing to me, you know, and for me. But. You know, she's another sponsor. You know, Jamie Wilson and yeah. uh, Running Rose Performance Horses is a great sponsor. And it's just, I've got these great people that I surround myself with. Yeah. And, um, but there are people out there that, you know, that, that really challenge me. They really challenge me a lot because I have to be careful yeah. um, how I behave, who, you know, what I say, because, they don't know me, they don't know my heart, and they don't know how to take me sometimes, you know. And people yeah. like me are, you know, the ones that are open and, you know, aren't afraid to, to share their stories or share their, their visions or their, you know, who aren't afraid to fail on their face, you know, those kind of people. You know, sometimes we're we're a little bit, um, we're taken wrong sometimes. And, and, yeah. and so there are people that I have to be careful with because they, you know, they, they've said, you know, nasty words about me and they don't even know me. Um, so, well, it, but it I think happens. that's with everything in the life. That's with everything in this world. So, um, well, have you always, uh, ran barrels? Like, do you actually run barrels too, or do you just put on the event? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I've done this my whole life. Um, 
Oh, cool. You know, uh, you know, oh yeah. Um, you know, when I was a kid, you know, um, um, we did it all, you know, I've done, I've been, I mean, well, I mean, what else can I say? I've done my whole life. I've had great horses my whole life. Um, and this past, I guess that, you know, it, it was right around my, well, I, you know, I, divorced recently the last few years and so um i there is life after divorce don't feel bad there is absolutely there is life after divorce and so but i do have a colt a young horse not a colt he's a gilded but um like a young horse a three-year-old a fraternity or he's four now for charity horse um that i have with uh molly montgomery you know a a well-known trainer real real well-known, um, great trainer, great person. Um, and so that's where I'm going today to Hamilton to the Lone Star Shootout um, to the oh, fraternity cool. to watch him run tonight and then tomorrow and then Sunday. But um, I have a horse and he, you know, and I feel like I'm, geez, with the fees today, I feel like I'm paying child support on something that I don't have, a, you know, don't get to really, you know, have fun <laughs> with, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah. I see my, it's like, it's like getting videos of your kid who lives with mom or something, you know, and, they're doing all these great things, you know, and you're like, oh, that's great. Wish I was there, you know, and, <laughs> but, but that's kind of how being an owner is for a, a young horse that's in, you know, going down the road. But, but yeah, I'm still involved with that, you know, as far as that goes, but, um, not really running as much, obviously, because, you know, she's got my horse and, and, right. um, my other horse went with, with my ex-wife. So there's that, but, um, well, I mean, yeah, it happens, and I get it. It like, happens. The animals are like, it is kind of like, uh, I watched the thing on TikTok where this girl's pretty popular. Her name's Stimp, and she's hilarious. She's on TikTok, and she did uh, a drop-off. It was a funny video, actually, with her guy friend. They weren't, like, together or nothing like that, and she was doing mm-hmm. a drop-off of her cat. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm sure you know what? Cat. <laughs> if it could be that easy, yeah. It was a cat, and she's like, I'm just cactus cat scratch thing and a bag and all kinds of stuff and I'm like Gosh. <laughs> well that's kind of how I feel about my dog right now because my dog um, I, I got him he was actually born the day of I signed my divorce papers like you know and so yeah and he's two and a half years old and so um little Jack Russell he's a little Paris but he is like he's my best friend he's my ride or die right and so um the yeah. other day I was meeting my friend uh Tammy uh Seamus and so I was like, Hey, will you just take Bugsy with you and let him have a play date with your dogs? Um and so she did and so he's gone and I'm like, Oh man, this has been the greatest vacation the last day. I don't have to get up and I don't have to, you know, cater to him every minute of the day and he's her problem for the next day and so <laughs> but uh, I'm picking him up at the bear race uh, later on. But um, oh, do you, yeah, do you miss I, him though? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean he's my he's person, not, but I have a little yeah. mini Aussie, and I'm the only thing that he knows, and it's really all my fault because he's he's an asshole and he's crazy, and <laughs> of course he's already a mini Aussie. But what? Um, because it, when they're around you like that, twenty four seven, you know. They're like, you're the only thing that they know. And so I'm surprised. Like, mine would not go off with nobody else. He would probably he goes, He would disarm I mean, me. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, like, Bugsy is, he has gone around the world. He's stayed in every hotel in this world. He has been smuggled into every hotel. You know, oh, he, wow. has been, he has <laughs> been, he's lived in the truck. He's, you know, he's raised in the truck, you know. Um, he um, and Tammy's wiener dogs have been, you know, they were raised together. And then my other yeah. friend, Missy Popper, she's got a, um, a big dog, German Shepherd, who they were the same age. And so he stayed time with her. And then, you know, I'd go out of town to, you know, announce a barrel race or something. And then my friend Dee Dee, she would, you know, babysit Bugsy. And so he's got good, you know, he's got a, a circle of friends, you know, that are, yeah. you know, his people and his, you know, but um, he's used to being thrown around everywhere. You know, he's kind of like the community dog, but he likes Aww. to come home. He, he, yeah, he, he enjoys his coming home time though he knows when he knows where home is he goes yeah, to work with yeah. me you know i you know he if i leave him you know he doesn't like that he you know those ter- little terriers they wear their heart on their sleeves and so you know oh. you can break their heart real easy so he goes to work with me so there's that so the doing the barrel it. racing that's not your full-time gig you do that on the side i do it when i i do it when i feel like it well, ain't um, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I, I I do it when I um I have a an itch that so like hey you know hey let's put on a barrel race let's, you know, right you know okay um I don't I'm not one I don't do I don't produce barrel races for an income necessarily you know I do it you know I have to have a there's got to be a purpose behind what I you know it's like okay let's do this this seems fun let's do this or you know this is a good build up to something bigger or whatever it may be or you know, like in, in Busy Bee Productions, you know, Kellyanne McPherson, who I, I, I talked to you about, you know, I work with her a lot with her own her own production, which she does well with. And so some, yeah. you know, she's a very busy person, um, soccer mom, volleyball mom, you know, she works in nine to five and so all these things. And so, you know, I help her with a lot of stuff, too. And so I keep myself busy enough to, but, but no, it's not my, it's not my, my my career, I guess you could say. Well, so, yeah, so, well, I mean, some okay. people do it. I mean, they do it for full time because, and I can oh, see yeah. it's, it's a really lot. they're good at it, and they're really good at it. You know, yeah. like, like, like Jody of, you know, J&J Productions, you know, she's phenomenal at production. She's, I mean, it's, she's got it down to a science, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, Tammy Kidd with Wild West Promotions and, you know, Go Fast Races, and, I mean, there's just some really good productions out there that that really bring a lot to the table and they they really you know really work for the for the better good of the industry you know and they have good races you know so there's that and um but yeah there's some good ones out there um well i mean because there have been some bad well i don't want to say i've had a bad experience but because i don't actually deal with i mean i do a lot of embroidery we do a lot of awards and stuff we don't do a lot of awards for barrel people just mainly go for the check. It's not really sure. It's not like a pleasure show or a fun show where people get an act, do an award. They already mm-hmm. they want the check, you know, and that's cool. So they want um, the money, and and they want yeah. the money. Yeah, but no, I mean it can be a big ordeal. But you know, it's nice to know that some of them are a little more focused on having fun and a good environment versus you know some races I've been to and places I've seen it's nothing but drama and it's always a problem and it's always like an issue so i think it's good that there's some out there that people need to know about that yeah are ran good um, and, and 
It's good they, people. There are there are some good people out there that that really that really do care. I remember back in the when I was going through a really I mean like just a really I don't know emotional roller coaster in my life, you know. And yeah. um, I would go every I would I had a really really stressful job. Um, um, I was head of all of bioterrorism for all of North Texas in the Dallas oh, wow. region. Um, I, yeah, I was, uh, I ran all the labs. And so anyway, I would come home and, um, on the weeknight, um, Tammy Kidd used to have the wildlife promotions used to have these bear races in, um, Azel in an outdoor arena, Azel, Texas. And so I would go there and it would be the absolute greatest atmosphere, wonderful race. It's just like, Everything from that day that was meant to break me down, like I got back in my soul that night at her races. It was just a great, you know, yeah. it was just a, it was just a great time. And so there like are those family. producers that really, yeah, there are those producers that really, really, you know, do their job at, you know, making people happy, you know? Yeah. Um, so, um, but, but barrel racing is not something that I, I want to, you know, do for a career, I guess you could say, as far as productions go, you know, um, yeah. I have my, I have what I do for a career that, you know, I've gone to a hundred million years of school to do. And so, um, I think that's where I bring a little bit of something with my counseling. That's what I, you know, my perspective sometimes isn't. So is know, that what you what, do for a living? Counseling? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, I, um, that's awesome. Counsel, yeah, um, young young kids um, in their struggles and trauma therapies and and different things like that. And so, you know, I went to school for that. You know, after I'd already changed careers because you know I have I had a whole graduate degree in molecular biology, and so that's where my whole forensics line came from. And and so I was a forensic scientist my first part of my life, and then now I'm you know on the human element uh, more now. And so. I think that human, you know, that um, that component that I bring is sometimes does not align with a lot of the things that people go through with, like, in the barrel racing. And, you know, I bring more emotion to it. I bring more uh, a different point of view that most people, you know, some people might look at as, oh, uh, I, you know, kind of raise their eyebrow a little bit at me sometimes. But but it's that. Well, hold on. Why? You mean, like, because you probably deal with kids or you've probably seen situate or heard of you you probably deal with people who have dealt with things like i have yeah like i'm i'm the person who like i i don't like to be a hypocrite in my own life and so right. you know like i tell i'll tell a you know like i'll tell kiddo like for instance i'll just tell a kiddo who's going through something you know very traumatic you know maybe it's you know a sexual abuse or maybe it's just you know, a dead parent or whatever it may be mm-hmm. you know you gotta you gotta allow yourself feel okay and and we are taught you know good at that (laughs) we are taught we are taught at a very early age you know um especially males you know to not not one we don't feel in public let's not feel in public and then also let let's learn how to behave what is socially acceptable on how to behave what is it social you know what what is acceptable um, to reveal about yourself versus what's not, you know, and then, but, but when it comes down to the, 
to the human element and repairing damage and and building yourself back up from a very traumatic experience and um, allowing yourself to feel, whether it be the good, bad, or the ugly, you know, that's the first step, you know. Um, and then well, I think, that provides Don't you think society has kind of maybe evolved a little? Well, I don't know how old you are, but I, I just turned 40. And I think yeah, I'm all, yeah, I'm 42. Well, maybe you can agree with me. Maybe now, in the last couple of years, it's becoming more socially acceptable to talk about things like trauma and therapy and oh, stuff. Where yeah. you know, when you and I were teens, early twenties, and something like that, some of the stuff oh, people talk about now, you'd never talk about then. Right? Like you know, like what I was saying a minute ago. You're you're actually you know absolutely right. Like. What I was saying earlier about the, you know, I'm not afraid, you know, to to show that that side of myself because if it helps one other person or if it makes or allows someone else to be less awkward talking about something, then, you know, if I'm the guinea pig, if I'm the person folks laugh at or make fun of or raise eyebrows about because I put myself out there, then so be it. Because, you know, in therapy, it's all people. But, it, yeah. you know, like I've got friends. Now, I mean, I've got, I've got, and I won't name not one name, um, but I've got, I've got friends I can count on two hands, literally going through divorces right now, literally going through a divorce right now, and the world doesn't even know about it, and and it's in a lot of them are barrel racers, you know, and it's people are so, so afraid to put their vulnerable side out there or to let people even know. Even not even not even on Facebook, but just in public. Yeah. No, hey, this is what I'm going through. I'm going through a rough patch. This is why I was a bitch today. This is why you know it, you know they don't want no one to know what they're going through, but they also don't know how to deal with it either. And and that's that's why I always say you know don't be afraid to to feel. You got to feel. If you feel yeah. mad, feel mad. If you feel angry, feel angry. If you feel sad, be sad. You know. But don't be afraid to be happy either. And, you know, I think that's what I've hindered myself in doing a lot of times is I'm afraid to be happy, you know, because, you know, being happy means that I've actually evolved. And, I mean, heaven forbid we evolve and get better, right? Um, yeah, you just yeah. hit on something because you're right. No, you are absolutely – I've never actually thought of it in that perspective, but you're right. We actually can, like – well, like – well – being divorced is a perfect example, or maybe going to a barrel race would be another example. You know, if you go and do good, I've actually caught myself wanting to not, like, I shouldn't be excited. I shouldn't be, like, happy about, uh, proud of myself for this. I shouldn't be this uh-huh. way. Or you, you catch yourself not wanting to express it because you don't want to. My biggest thing is I don't want people to to take me wrong. So, Absolutely. And I when I was going through my divorce, you know, and, and I will be very honest, um, you know, I was the person who thought that, hey, you know, I don't have kids. You know, I met my wife when I was 19, you know, we, we've been together ever since. And so it's like, well, I win. I got all the answers to marriage. You know, I've got all the answers and nothing's ever going to be changed about that, you know, and so I'm like, hey, don't y'all wish, to, you know, y'all were me, you know, I'm the guy that hasn't got divorced, you know, you know, I'm that guy, and and then, so when it finally hit me that I was going through the thing that I 
said to the world that I would never go through, then I felt like a failure. And then right. I would go to the barrel races, you know, but I would find myself recluse from the world. I would sit in my truck waiting for myself, you know, waiting for me to go run. I wouldn't go socialize. I wouldn't do anything. And then I was the person that was afraid to tell anybody that, hey, man, I'm going through divorce. Um, I'm not myself right now. You know, da da da. And but I, that's why now I'm just like, you know, what I was doing back then. I was afraid to feel anything. I was afraid to talk about life. And life is messy. If you're any good at life, life is messy. Because if it, if it's never messy, then you're not really living a whole lot. Um, That's the damn you know, truth. I mean, like my friend, my friend Tammy said. She said, "Well." Um, you know, to win, you can't be afraid to lose. And so that absolutely. And I mean, I, I lose at life at least twice a week in my own head, at least, you know, in my own head. Yeah. And so, but I'm not afraid to do it. And so, um, I used to, well, that'll keep you from doing anything. Cause I mean, I just, well, horses is a perfect example. There's no way you can learn. Unless oh, yeah. you actually try, and in order to try, you have to fail in order to learn. Like, I have never been scared to fail. My biggest thing is probably when I've gotten older. When I was younger, I didn't care, but when I got older, people can be harsh, and I'm less to expose it publicly. I'll look like an idiot by myself behind closed doors. <laughs> Join the club. It's a whole, there's a whole club of us. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, because people just, it, what, me and somebody else was talking about this the other day, I think social media is a grand thing, it's an awesome thing, I'm getting to talk to people that, like yourself, that live in Texas, I probably would have never spoken to before, without social media, but it also has a mm-hmm. con to it, it has a downside to it, you know, people can say and do whatever they want, whether it's true or not, they can be hurtful, they can be mean, and they can, right. I mean, people kill themselves over comments. You so, know what they do, and <laughs> is... The one thing right there that has, um, you know, I've never been afraid to fail. Um, I'm the reverse. I am afraid of what it feels like to be happy and successful. And, and I get these little bursts, you know, these little spurts of, 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 of success and happiness and da da da. And then I'm like, okay, who's going to bring me back down to where I should be, you know, where I deserve to be, you know, Who's going to put me in my place now on Facebook or who's going to say this mean thing to me that's going to put me, you know, put my my soul or my my insecurities back in place? You know, who's going to be that person today? And and I've gone through that a, a, several times in the last few years, um, you know, with some with some mean people who have said some mean things that, you know, and I've got that mindset where it's like, guys, Facebook is real. Y'all keep yeah. talking about it being fake, but I'm telling you, words really, really do change people's lives. The written word changes lives. If it didn't, we wouldn't read books. And so yeah. the written word does change people's mindset. It changes their attitude. It changes everything about them. Just one person, all they have to do is say something so mean and heartful and then Guess what? They have all these different followers that come in and, and, and chime in and, and, and bash that person as well and, and, you know, um, and really, you know, tag team the situation and make it worse. Oh, and, yeah. And it's like, oh my God. And, 
if they only knew that it was real, what what they were doing to a human being behind the keyboard that existed there, you know? Oh, um, trust me, I know. I've, I've been drugged yeah. through the mud on the internet twice. Oh, man. And oh, it's like, well, I think it's like, you know, one of the things is a lot of the time, probably 50% of those people, they would never say it to somebody's face. And then you have the other 50% where it's like, you know, like what you just said, it's, it is very real, and you can really let it get to you if you're not thick-skinned. But even the thickest of the skin people, toughest people, like you can still sit there, and it hurts, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's because people can just get on there and type whatever they want yeah. regardless. They, and they, they, they just they have can. no consequence. And they, um, and they have enough people that, 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 that chime in as well. And, and so... Um, because of that, though, I mean, it, it's made me a lot tougher. It's made me, more, you know, more resilient. Um, and I've always been pretty resilient anyway. You know, I deal with a lot of different types of kiddos that go through the worst types of, of things in the world, and I'm able to help them. And I think that the the empathy component to me and, the you know, I have compassion and the empathy. It really, it really makes you, though, be someone who you might not have used to be but you are now like it's it's you're more sympathetic to people and you 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 watch how you say things and when you say them and 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 yeah. you you become a victim of you know words hurt and they do um every day but as, i've always thought to myself you know i'm wondering if these i would like well i let me be careful with what i say if if the people that do it to other people you know what I mean? Like get on, get online and bully others and talk crap and all that kind of stuff. I wonder how they would feel if they had just a taste of their own medicine. Oh, you know? man. I think we've all been there in, in regards to, you know, uh, hey, I can give you a list of folks, yeah. you know, but I'm never going to, you know, publicly announce that list, you know, right. it's in my own little brain. But, but, but yeah, but I, I've also... What it's taught like, me well, let is, the internet you know, drag you through the mud, and let's see how you feel. If, if it, ta- you know, tastes the same, uh-huh. you wouldn't do it to anybody else. Like well, that, you know, those kind of folks, those kind of folks typically just say, "Well, I don't care what people think." Well, guess what? I do. And and yeah. if you if you had that imp- that impasse component to your own soul, you would also care what others thought of you. Um, to say that you don't care what people think, I think it's just such a commercialized saying that that people you know, stay just to make them seem, you know, make themselves seem tough. But yeah. um, I think I know I agree is, 110. I mean, I always cared. I always, always cared what my wife thought of me. I always thought what she said. You know, I always, you know, you know everything that she said matters to me, you know. And yeah. um, I never wanted to, like, disappoint her. And so, um, and I'm that way with my friends, too. You know, I'm, I'm a pleaser. I'm a giver. And and there's a there's a bad side to that. There's a negative side to that, a downside. So yeah, um, people can t- it leaves you open to be taken advantage of a lot. Of you times. betcha. It will, and it it, it 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 opens the door for misinterpretation too, um, with intent. You know that's why, like on Facebook, like I don't have a problem talking about a, you know um, things that are going on that may not be so good or maybe given a perspective to the world that is my own and maybe it's not the norm, but maybe it's a different one that, you know, folks can listen to and say, oh, I never thought of it like that, you know. Um, right. 
but but there's always that group of people who think that you know well you know you're just saying that or you know you don't mean it or you know what i mean it's just that whole social media part because i mean there are a lot of folks that know me on facebook um tons of them and and to and to be honest i just i really don't know a whole lot of people in all reality i'm like that um that popular introvert that yeah that person that like because when i when i go to the you know big bear races that i announce or my own bear races that i announce or whatever you know i'll be behind the mic in a closed room closed off to the world and so i don't really get to go and chit chat with people and da 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 and and so a lot of folks know who I am, but I don't know who they are at all, you know? And yeah. um, so I mean, that those are the downsides to to being that, that kind of person. Well, social media doesn't have any context. That's probably one of the biggest things, too, because I was having a conversation with somebody else about it the other day. You know, somebody could say something on social media in one frame, like in one type of um, sure. emotion. And for some reason, it can be taken in a completely different context than it's actually intended to, you know, because I've actually had people before, they're like, I thought you meant this this way. And I'm sitting here like laughing and, and smiling, not nowhere near the way that they thought it was. So, well, um, you bring up a really good point. You bring up a very, very good point. I mean, that's just like text messaging. It, it's a yes. whole thing with, I mean, you could say the words. But it's that tone, volume, cadence that really, truly matter with words. You know, it's like words really don't truly mean anything unless you use the, you know, tone, volume, cadence in which they're intended for, you know. Um, And it's on Facebook or even text messaging or, you know, it's you don't really know how someone means something. It could just be a mere innocent question, you know, and then the person who reads it, reads it as they're being condescending or they're being, you know, accusatory or passive aggressive or well no i was just really asking a question and had you heard my words heard my words you would have taken it different and and that's a that's a negative thing with society you know and and text messaging and it's it's hard it's really changed the way i think we all communicate like just like talking on the phone now like talking on the phone is considered an old school ordeal now whereas you know where when I was younger and working, like, you know, I used to bartend at a lot of places and stuff, like, just working in general with face-to-face in the public and stuff, you know, sure. you didn't have, like, as much drama back then no. as you do now. No. With- i tell you one thing. There is, um, if, if people would pick up a phone and have a two-minute conversation on the phone versus a three-hour conversation through text messaging or Facebook chat or whatever, the yeah. world would have all its problems solved, you know, not really, but you know what I mean? It would, it would, it would help it would a, lot. a lot. Oh my Lord. Um, if people would pick up the phone, I'm a phone talker. I like to, I like to talk on the phone. I don't like to type. Um, I mean, I dated the, it's a little funny thing. I, you know, after I got, um, after I was divorced, I'm probably, I was probably divorced a whole year before I even accepted the idea of anyone Saying, That's hey, impressive. Buddy. I was a. I, it was an entire year. I will. I That's can get good for you. That. On a side um, note, good for you. That's really was, tough because a lot of people go was, straight to a rebound. Oh God, no, I, that's one thing. And I couldn't. And I was the one that filed for divorce. And so, I, I went an entire year, but 
I never talked to nobody. I never yeah. uh, messaged any girl. I never went out on a date. I never did anything for a whole year. And after that year, I met those nothing serious. Don't misunderstand you. Like there was a, a few gals, you know, I went on dates with and, right. and stuff. And so, um, well, this one old gal, she, all she did was she would text me all day long, all day long, text me. And, and I'm like, I'm not used to this at all. Cause first of all, my, my wife, first of all, I met my wife before MySpace was even online. Like it was, we barely had dial up when I met my wife. And so, um, it's an AOL day. I remember when I first got my very first Nokia and I was on my mother-in-law's plan and, um, she oh wow uh, oh she chewed my ass out for um for text messaging um Mike's wife a a few times and it cost like fourteen dollars to text message and so I mean (laughs) so that's how old school I am in regards to that but this old gal she would text me all day long and Mike's wife was not like that she was not a texter if she needed something it was oh I'll ask him when I get home kind of thing it wasn't a yeah you know and. But she would text me all day long, and but I would I was like, oh, I'd read a text message, and I'm like, I'll just pick up the phone and call her and, and answer it if I'm driving or whatever. She wouldn't pick up the damn phone, and then she would, and then but then she would then she would Facebook message me, and I'm like, you just got through text messaging me, now you're Facebook messaging me, and I'm like, oh my god, pick a lane, and. And it was just a whole thing. And then twice a week, she'd pick the phone up and we'd actually have a human conversation. And I'm like, this is not dating. I don't know what y'all yeah. call dating, but this is not what I'm used to. Dating for me was, hey, let's go, let's go back road. Let's go to the, you know, let's do something fun. Let's or just hang out, like get to know yeah. each other. Yeah. Don't even consider yeah. anything. Just get to know. Yeah. It's like, glad, I'm glad you just, I just literally had a conversation with a good friend of mine. He's a good guy friend of mine. He's in a great relationship, you know, and I was talking to him about it because I've been, I'm not even going to tell you how long I've been single because you know, I've been single for six years, probably seven years right. now. Uh, and, um, um, isn't it great? Yeah, no, I'm serious because I guess maybe you get comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, you just get well, comfortable with your own life, and you're like, I don't have time for this bullshit. You know what? I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. You get comfortable. You get comfortable not being rejected every day. You get comfortable not being disappointed in people because we're imperfect. Oh, God. Um, he's going deep. He's going to we, do some deep I mean, stuff. We get comfortable. We get comfortable learning to love ourselves, which we may not have ever done before. And we get comfortable doing those things. And anybody new, you know, that whole new, no new people, you know, saying anybody new just disrupts all that progress. You know, some folks are aged, but just choose not to go there because it's just too much of a task. You know, it is. It is. No, no, no. You are. You are absolutely 110 percent correct. And also the whole like what you said, you know, it's like. Once you hit a certain age, when you're younger, you've got more, I don't want to say leeway, but you've got more time is probably the better answer. You've got more time to, like, get to know people and have friends and hang out and do all that kind of stuff. Because I wasn't married young. You were married kind of young, right? Like 19. I mean. Well, well I mean, I was I was married at 25, but, you know, we were together five years before we married. And so, 
I mean, we were dating, you know, five years before we got married. And so it was a whole thing. And so, I mean, might as well have been married. Um, right. I mean, right. And so. But, but it's different you know, now. It's, it like is different. Said, it's just different. It is way different. It is. Um, the people I've met don't want to talk to you. <laughs> hey, Blake, they don't want to talk to you. They you are absolutely you. right. Um, they don't want to talk to you, but guess what? One day a week, they damn sure want you to buy your dinner or their dinner, you know? And so that's it's rude. But, but let's just really that happens to you. Oh, oh God. Oh, welcome to being a dude. But it's, you know, they want to text all week long. I could not then, do that. No, 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 no. There's no I'm, way I could do that. And I'm just one of those, I'm just one of those people who, you know, we said it earlier in the conversation about, you know, no, the whole rebound thing and da 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 and yeah. you know I've got a brother like that. Um, I won't go into that. That's a whole another show. But I I will not be. I, I will not do that. That that's not how I was. That's not my personality. That's yeah. you know when I was 19 years old when I met my ex wife. You know I meant it. Like it was I was there for the long haul. You know for the long yeah. haul. Um, nearly 20 years, you know, and so when you're there that long, I mean, I think there's two different types of folks, you know, there's, there's those kind of people who, who really don't care anything about dating. And then there's people who cannot be alone. And so they're constantly rebounding off something new and, you know, and something. And they just call the tale of, um, a trail of problems with everybody. Cause like what you just said, you know, you have very, very few rebound cases that are actually successful and everything's good. It's very few, but uh-huh. like nobody actually takes the time to want to look at themselves. Cause my biggest thing with, with relationships and probably all relationships, business, friends, romantic, it's like nobody wants to look at what they did wrong. It's always the other person's fault. It's always like, well, they did this and they did that and uh-huh. I'm perfect. Okay. Right. Well, no, you're not. It takes two to fight. It takes mm-hmm. two to not, you know, get along or whatever. And it's like nobody wants to take the time to work on themselves. Yeah, they do not want people. Well, it, it goes back to the whole thing of I am too damn afraid to feel anything. Therefore, yeah. I can't analyze my own self. But I can I can feel what you're feeling. I mean, you know, I know what you need to do. But, but I'm too afraid to feel for myself. So I can't. Feel long enough to know what feelings I need to feel, because once you feel something, over time you learn to understand it. And with understanding yeah. comes, you know, a whole level of growth that you never knew before. Once you understand something, you're able to evolve past it if you let yourself. You know, um, yeah. it's all about thinking patterns. You know, and changing your thinking patterns and the way you think about something. And in order to change, you know, a life, you have to change the way you think. And that's that's where it boils down to. And people are too afraid to feel. And you can't do anything after unless you feel. I mean, you just can't. You just, I mean, um, you just can't. Um, yeah. Because you got to know, you know what you're working with, you know? Yeah. Um, so there is there's that. but. I will tell you, I mean, I will never, I mean, I shouldn't say the word never. Never is a very dangerous word. 
but I, <laughs> don't feel bad. I've done it before too. I've said I it. Have, like, no, hold on. Let me take that back. <laughs> I I have spent, you know, and I'm not your norm, you know, just like, you know, and I think it has a lot to do with my career and, and dealing with different people and it doesn't make me better. It just makes me different than, than a lot of people. Um, but it, I have a different way of looking at, at life and people and, and situations. And so, um, it, it comes from a lot of, you know, bad situations and bad experiences. And so I had to finally learn from all of them if I wanted to be better. And so, but I've gotten to the point now where, you know, I've spent my entire life, literally my entire life trying to please people because that's just my, that's just my, my personality type, you know, trying to please people and please um, myself was never even an option. You know, who cares if I please my, please myself? Everyone in the room's happy. Um, you know, that makes me happy. You think it does, but then you find out later on down the road it really doesn't. Um, but I've spent my whole life doing that. And so being alone for the very first time in my life, you know, you know, it is so it's, it's rewarding in so many ways and it's rewarding, but it took a lot of hard days and a lot of, a lot of crummy days to get to this point of, you know, I am, I'm learning to be happy on purpose, you know, and, okay. and I think that's very important. You know, um, I was interviewing a girl, um, I was for a different thing. Um, it was a high school kid, and I was doing an article. Um, I had an article published. It was called um, uh, Finding Purpose in a Selfie-Driven World is what it was mm-hmm. entitled. It was in a barrel racing magazine. But um, I interviewed this, and I talked to this girl, and she had the, the best response as to – I asked her, how do you define success? And most people you talk to define success, you know, as they they align it to a career or a family or an achievement of some sort, you know, mm-hmm. um, something tangible. But um, she it, she just knocked me out of my chair. She said, success is to be happy every day, not all day, but every day. Right. And so I was like, well, what do you mean by that? I'm like, what do you like? Because you're not going to be happy all day long every day. You know, this is not a fairy tale. Um, but she said to find happiness each single day that she lives. Maybe not all day long. She's not happy, but each day she finds something to be happy about. And to yeah. her, that was gratitude. Gratitude. And it was, and this was a kiddo that had been through a lot of trauma, a lot of situations. And so to find happiness, you know, in a world that's gone wrong, you know, that was her definition of success. And I think it was that moment that I realized, like, maybe we've all got it all wrong, folks. Like, you know, our jobs and what we do, putting on barrel races and making people happy, you know we define success as doing these things, you know, like these fraternity trainers and, these, you know, rodeo folks who, you know, they put all this stuff on Facebook and they praise in themselves and they pat their own backs 
And it's just like constant, like, oh, my God, how many times are you going to pat yourself on the back for winning another race or doing this right. or that? I mean, you know, um, and it's it's that mentality. And, and, and they put the tangibles and their own talent to defining success. And I think success is so much more than that. And I think that's why there's so many unhappy people in the world because they they don't think the way that kid thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Because you get a lot of, at it. Yeah, I mean, well, you've got society. People get real caught up in, um, it's easy to get caught up in, you know, the basic things like you said, family, money, career, and all that kind of stuff. And, so, and those are great things to be happy about. Those are great successes, you know. They, they are, but... Some are basic, simple things like just being grateful for the things that you do. Because my, I had an old boss, and she's still a very, very good friend of mine now. I actually saw her on New Year's, um, and I'll never forget it. She said everybody should do somebody else's job at least once or live their life or put their shoes on for at least once. And then I think other people would be – because, you know, there's always going to be somebody out there who's worse than you or better than you, no matter where you go, Okay. So, oh, yeah. you know, if you get a taste of somebody else's happiness that is less than what you are bitching and complaining about or whatever, you know, maybe it'll humble you. You know, maybe you'll be a little more grateful for what you've got because, you know, society puts a lot of, of um, pressure on people to be this level, do this thing, have this, have that or whatever. And then that's the form of happiness. Well, no, it's you, not. It's a choice. The one thing that Facebook, that there should be this, this, this this um this saying at the top of Facebook every time you log on. You know, this this this, this statement, you know, of like unless you read this statement you can't go further, you know, go further. Uh, yeah. but there should yeah, there should be this thing what Facebook doesn't understand, what what people in general don't a lot of young people don't understand. Um a lot of married people and I'll have to throw out the married people, you know, a lot of married people, you know, I was one of those persons at one time, um, married people who have never gone through the things that we've gone through necessarily, you know, is there are two things that people don't look at or consider. And that's one. One is trauma and tragedy is not biased. That is a fact. Absolutely it, true. It affects everybody. Rich, poor, ugly, fat, skinny, it don't matter. You know, dumb, stupid. I mean, educate, it don't matter. Tragedy affects everyone. It is not biased. The number two thing is that people need to understand, they need to learn that everyone you see in this walk of life, everyone you meet in this life, is not in the same phase of life that you're in right now. And so we're all in different phases. We might be the same age, but we're not walking the same walk. We're not, we're not in the same phase. We've not gone through the same experiences, you know, and, um, you know, and our experiences is what, you know, influences our behaviors. And so that's the thing that a lot of young people don't realize. And a lot of married people who've been married, you know, for 20 years happily and da-da-da, you know, they have the picket fences and stuff. And then they see this divorced person sitting at the bar drinking their sorrows away and da-da-da, and then they judge them for it. And 
well, guess what, bro? You might be me in a year, you know, or, right. you know, that young person who sees this, you know, well-successful, you know, horse trainer or businessman driving a nice car and they're driving an old clunker, but they're 22 years old and they're just, you know, starting life out and they, they compare themselves to this other person and they're saying, I want those things and why don't I have it? Well, guess what? You're not in the same phase of life that that person's in currently right now, in this moment. And that's what people really got to understand is that, you know, my happy day may be your dark day and it may all change tomorrow. And so we all have to be cognitive of the fact that we're all in different phases of life each and every day. And Facebook doesn't take those things into consideration when we see people's happy posts. You know, we don't think that, well, guess what? Last year, they may have had a gun in their mouth. We don't know those things. And so, you know, we got to all be aware of those things. And that's what I try to, you know, teach you know young people. And I wish more people would be open about those things. Yeah, I, I think it's hard because you don't want to be um, judged. I mean, like what you just, going back to what you just said, how people are like, well, you know, I don't care what people think. Yeah, you do. 99.9% yeah, of everybody walking this earth cares about what everybody else thinks. But it's more a matter of, like, you know, what am I trying to get at? It's more a matter of you're scared to want to talk about certain things or put it out there for other uh-huh. people. Um, not because yeah. you care what other people think, but more or less you don't want to leave yourself vulnerable up to an attack or to be judged or to have to deal with those emotions that come yeah. with being vulnerable and like that. It, it's it's like a good Am analogy. I you bet you are. Um, it goes back. <laughs> it's a good analogy. A good analogy would be the kid, you know, who may not be cognitively, you know, um, as, a, you know, of, you know, um, able as other kids in the classroom or in their, you know, circle or da, 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 but they, they would rather be known as defiant being the bad kid in the room versus the stupid one in the room. I would rather be known as being the bad kid who just didn't want to do it. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. That's stupid versus I don't want to do it because I'm too afraid to ask questions or I'm too afraid that people will think I'm stupid because I don't know something that they might know. And so I would rather be known as the bad kid versus the dumb kid. And so it goes, that's, that's, that's adult too. And there's a whole adult version to that. Whereas, you know, I would rather just be known as that adult who's like, I don't give two shits what you think about me versus the, I'm going through a really rough time and I need some freaking help, you know? And yeah. and there are a lot of men like that. There are a lot of men like that in this world who who are that way. Um and and that's unfortunate and it is it is the way it is though. I've I mean, actually dealt with more women that are like that than I have men. I've well you bet. They're my well, I'm not gonna say nothing about but you know, my you know, my ex wife <laughs> was I I always thought she was much tougher than me. You know, she was so tough and strong emotionally she had so much emotional resilience and she was just you know nothing fazed her nothing affected her nothing caused her to you know to to panic or fail at something you know she was just so strong and tough you know and and i'm like god i really want to be like that you know you know 
here I yeah. am, you know, like telling her how I feel every day, you know, and she's like, give it a rest, you know. Um, yeah. But, I mean, women are really, really good at masking their behaviors and their feelings. And, you know, they're a lot, they're a lot better than men at doing those kind of things, I feel. You know, I think women are, in general, a lot tougher than men are. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, but no, I mean, the one that, I mean, I specifically had them, like, to me, I agree with what you're saying. I, I would, I would be hurting. I would not be able to deal with myself if I knew that I was the cause of somebody else's heartache or agony, like, online and, like, you know, like, you're not going to catch me. You're not going to see me on social media, like, bullying people online and, and talking crap about people and doing all that kind of stuff like that because I had it done to me. And that's what I'm getting at. You know, yeah. I would be devastated if I knew that I was the reason that somebody wanted to put – wanted to end their life or that somebody, you know, was having – like, y'all think this is okay to do this to somebody? Yeah. Negative attention gets way, way more hits than positive attention. But I'm just sitting here to myself thinking to myself, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm glad and I can handle it. I mean, I'm okay. I, I can handle it. But I don't know how I would feel if I made somebody else feel the way that they made me feel or tried to make me feel. Your, 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 a lot of your greatest level of professional, you know, most successful professionals aren't going to, say anything negative about anybody online they know better um and right. they're not going to be that person um because they know people look at them differently and but i just i, I I've, I've hurt people's feelings before i've said some mean things i think we all have you know i think yeah. we're all imperfect for a reason you know because you know um it just it gives us something to to be better for each day if we're imperfect you know and yeah. but i've done that you know, I've not, I've never, I don't think humiliated, to my knowledge, I don't think I've humiliated or made someone sad on Facebook necessarily. But, you know, I think we've all hurt people's feelings and said some raw things to folks that we may have meant or not meant. But, um, but I, I don't know. Yeah, but there's I, a difference between maliciously doing it and not intentionally meaning yeah. to do it. You in know, good faith, it goes back to the whole topic in good faith, you know, from the beginning, you know. I didn't mean to do what I did, you know. Um, right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, but but there is that, and I think it goes back to what I was saying in the very beginning of our conversation. You know, it, we're kind of wrapping around now. I think where um, goes back to like what I was talking about with with my sponsors. You know, of of the race that I have, um, the people that I've I've chosen to surround myself with who make me better just because they're near me and they talk to me and they want me to be better and they see me. Maybe I'll say something or do something or, or whatever it may be. And like Blake, you know, they call me, they, they provide accountability for myself, you know, and, and they mean it in a good way, not maliciously. And they do it privately. And I yeah. think that's the main thing is they do it privately. And, and like Tammy Rokas and, um, and, and Jamie Wilson and even like, you know, Jeannie Jordan and, and, and Missy Piper and these are just the people that I, I can think of in my head. Laura Schumann who, who bring accountability to my life that, you know, um, if I were all alone, I probably wouldn't do for myself, you know? 
Yeah. Um, they, they call me out on my stuff. I think my friend Tammy Seamus is the best at calling me out on my, um, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And, and she lets me know it. And, but she's never wrong about why I'm wrong, you know? <laughs> I'm like, damn you it, Tammy, people I hate like it that in your life. I hate it when you're telling me the truth. Um, but, <laughs> but they're, but they're good for me. They're not yeah. bad for me. Um, right. um, I think my friend Dee Dee Crump is one of my, like, she calls me out on everything I do that's wrong, but she's not wrong about it. You know, she's right, and she's making me a better person, you know, yeah. in real time every time she does. And, but I think we all have those kind of people, and we should at least, I think, that we surround Well, I, I mean, you have with. to have them. Like, you have to have, I would rather yeah. have somebody who can tell me to my face, hey, you screwed up, hey, this ain't right, hey, let's fix this, instead of somebody that you can't trust an ass kisser, especially in business and all. Grace, you know, it goes back to Grace. And most of my friends are, most of them at least, you know, are married and have kids or, you know, and or and, and then the other half of my friends are just like me, you know, um, just trying to, you know, just single and living alone and divorced or, you know, um, no kids and trying to make it. But, um, it, it, we're it's outcasts. A, I don't feel bad. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if we're an outcast anymore. I think you know, like I said earlier, I've got tons of friends right now going through a divorce, and you know, they may not want to talk about it, but they're still going through it. And I think we've we've hit a this this point in our society where you know it's it's so easy to give up on something before. You know, and, and it's just so easy to just be alone. And I think that's where we're headed for me. I, I never wanted, you know, I had visions in my head of like, like dying with her at the, you know, at the end of our life, you know, gray and old and ugly and, and, and doing it together. And, and I had these whole plans, you know, but no, it was never in the cards, but they're the cards I've got now. So you got to learn from them. And I've known people, I mean, who've been married four or five times, you know, and I'm like, how can you do this? How, I mean, is this, I mean, I'm two years in and I'm still, you know, trying to, you know, um, pick the pieces, you know, and I'm like, how do you do it so often? How do you divorce yeah, so often? I just true. don't get it. How can you put yeah. all your energy into something and then, and then it just all go away and then you put your energy into something else the same way. And it's like, did those people ever truly put all their energy into something once? I don't know. Yeah, um, sure. You know, but that's them. That's why we're all different. Well, but you're right. I mean, it's really quick. It's easy to – they've made it easier to want to give up instead of to actually want to try, you know, because yeah. what was that saying? The more expensive the wedding, the quicker the divorce or – what was it's it? It's like people actually do weddings just to get the get attention, and to to spend the money. It's yeah. not like they actually care. Oh gosh, no. You know what I mean? That's, like there is there's oh, a yeah. saying. There was like a saying. Somebody said it. The more expensive the wedding, the quicker the divorce, or something like that. Because you hear a lot of these marriages that last like years and years and years and years and years. They didn't. Mm -hmm. They like eloped, or they just went and spent maybe like couple. Three hundred. I mean, like my grandparents, for one, they are the only two people that each other married. They were married their entire lives. Oh, wow. Yeah, and there was no big wedding. There was no big nothing like that. Everybody actually uh -huh. told them they would never work. <laughs> they were married their entire lives. <laughs> well, 
Some that don't happen now. <laughs> not often. There are, you know, there are a lot of people out there still, you know, giving in the world, you know, of our age. But um, um, I wish them the best. Um, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe they got it all figured out. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. We, it's okay. We'll, we'll get it figured out one way, shape, form. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying dating myself though right now, so uh, and that's what it is. I mean, yep. Um, so yeah, I feel you. I'm I'm right there with you, buddy. Trust me, I <laughs> I completely agree because not only is it scary, but it's too complicated, and it's just like you know, it's it's something you just don't you don't just wake up one day and say you know what I'm done enough of this. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, not me at least, you know, um, you don't just wake up one day and just say, oh, I want to get a divorce. And I want to really go through a really rough go at it, too, and have a really crummy next year. Um, oh, you know, I don't think we all wake up and do that. I think, you know, uh, you know, um, I, I like to hope not, at least. Yeah. No, usually it's something that leads up, you know, it's, it's a multitude of things and things like that. Mine, luckily, knock on wood, was not messy. It was not any of that type of stuff. I have that, you know, most respect for him. I don't say anything bad about him at all. I don't have anything bad to say. Nobody cheated right. on anybody. It was no, nothing like that, you know. It was just, we're not going down the same path. And right. what yeah. do we do about her? Two hearts collide and, and, and they need to go, um, you know. And I mean, most people, you know, I, I mean, because you know, m- most people that I talk to, you know, they 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 all believe, you know, hey, you know, Blake got left in the dumper, you know, and no, um, I didn't. But in the same regard, you know, I I kind of look at it as I did what she wasn't brave enough to do, so I, you know, I felt like I needed to be the man and the bad guy to do it so she wouldn't have to, you know? I can understand so, Yeah, so there's that. But I absolutely, I think she's amazing. She's the best human I've ever met in my life. So, anyway. Well, well I'm I going have... to get to my barrel rig um, yes. pretty quick. Um, well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Um, I think we've and... had a great talk. I hope. I mean, I hope people, you know, listen to it and, and um, you know, get a comical relief from the two of us, maybe. Or, yeah. 